following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Two Tylenol and two Advil right when I got off the course today. Mm. That first round is murder. Yeah, you got to take them before. I didn't I didn't have the foresight to yeah, do that. I'm a, I'm that a, was... I've been a two to three Motrin guy pre about an hour pre-round each time I've gone out this year. Oh, my God. I'm, I, I laid on the hardwood floor for a half an hour just to straighten my back out. I mean, I was... Where'd you go? Prairie Woods? Prairie Woods. I was hitting with every muscle in my body except for my back mm-hmm. because my back would not let me hit. Mm. Stuff was... I felt like D-Walk. Going left, going right, everything but straight. <laughs> it's, it was it was ugly. Still managed to... It's early, man. To cart early. a 91 yeah, early, right. so I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, can, I can do better. I know that, but right out of the gate, I think I might be hitting that. Oh, before I even go to bed tonight. <laughs> but it's nice to get out. Yeah, for sure. It is nice to get out. How many times have you been out so far? Uh, three. I that's... played three nine-hole rounds. Okay, that's so. not bad. I probably should have quit at nine. Yeah. Hey, I'm not ready. Well, and I've walked all three rounds. Oh, wow. So, okay. I so mean, at least you're staying limber. I, I ain't walking 18. No. Not, not in May. Not no. In, not in April. Not in May. Cloudy. Maybe, maybe when it's a little warmer Windy, out, sure. You know, but yeah. that's a long walk, well, I'm a, I think I'm going to start doing... Um, I think I'm going to start doing DDP fat yoga. So it's like yoga for fat guys. I think I saw that. Yes. I think I'm I think I might do that because with my back and I'm not it's not like I'm shedding weight, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I'm like I'm thinking I might do that just to exercise the core and stay limber with my back surgery because I want to keep playing golf. But I don't know how many times I can keep doing this. Right. It's not good. Like, I might have to call up the doctor and get some, like, stronger pain pills. Call Favre. After that. I'm sure he's got stockpiles. <laughs> stockpiles. Welcome to the Intentional Foul for this week. It is the post-NFL draft edition. We should just call it the Jerry Springer edition for uh, for what we're going to talk about with all the dramatics going on uh, in Green Bay. But uh, we will talk about uh, the draft, obviously, what the Packers did, what the Bears did, and then... Um, of course, what the Aaron Rodgers dramatics are all about. We'll touch on the Brewers uh, and the Bucks, And, oh, get your tickets for Wisconsin and Utah football, which is not going to start until 2028 and then 2033. Jesus. The, just the timing of that they have to schedule these things out amazes me. Yeah, and it's so weird that it in in a lot of these cases, especially with the Badgers over, these, over the last – 10, 15 years, like, it's come back and bit him in the ass because, like, Utah sucks then right. in 2033, so then it hurts your your standing when it comes right. to the polls. Well, who'd you or, play? Or, you know, Nobody. Yeah, you, oh, your, your non-conference was Utah. And right. It's like, well, they had just won the Pac-10 when we signed the the yeah, deal. 10 years you know? ago. But yeah, who knows? But well, they, it's like we talked about when they won the Rose Bowl in 94. The last game of the year, they played Michigan State in Tokyo, Tokyo, and that game was scheduled you know, however many years beforehand, right. when in reality, that game I think could have been at Camp Randall. So, could boy, could have won the 
Could have won the Big Ten at home, you say. I I, I, I could be wrong. Maybe it was a Michigan saying. State game, but still. But that, you could have won it in America. Right. <laughs> you know, not in a foreign country. Nope. But it, and it seems like Wisconsin tries to tries to get one tough, mediocre, tough mm-hmm. team out of the three non conference. So maybe that, that would that's what they think Utah's gonna be, but they've they've had they've had a pretty good string. They're gonna have they had LSU, Bama, they're gonna have Notre Dame. So I mean, it's but I, I don't know where Utah comes in. I mean, I think they think I've got Army, and then I think Eastern Michigan in addition to Notre Dame well, this and it's, coming it, year. And it's like, does is beating a mediocre Utah better or worse than getting beat by LSU? Right. You know what I mean? Like, what qualifies well, as a good well, loss? Should you not? Should you just always schedule Alabama and LSU and just know you're taking a loss? And then maybe if you win, you get a big bump. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird how they do you know that. How that works. Uh, went down to Chicago for the NFL draft first round on Thursday. Went to work the next day on two hours sleep. Um, yeah, my dad said he goes Goldberg's at work, and I go what? <laughs> and he's like, I would have taken the day after the draft off, not the day of the draft well, off. But I'm like, well, I don't know because I got the but... COVID. I got the second COVID shot oh. the day before, so in case I got my ass kicked, I did begs a favor. I didn't want to have to call him at two thirty. If I got woke up with like a hundred degree fever in the middle sure, of the night, sure. So I did that, and I didn't want to take the next day off because honestly, I wanted to report and talk about what happened during the first round of the draft. And I got there, and for everything that we were told about who's going to take who and what the rumor is with this guy and that team, and there may be trying to move up, it was a very bland first round. It really was. It really was. I, I, I was not very entertained, I guess. There was a little bit of movement around the, you know, that 10 11 area with mm-hmm. a couple of trades. And um, the I Bears think there moved might, up, yeah. Yeah, there might have been something in the 20s, but nothing, nothing crazy. It, it was not the colossal um, execution that I guess was built up. Well, I guess, what, you know, once you got past really like the Lions at seven, there really wasn't a monster trade to make. But um, I'm sorry to hear about your. Uh, TV pickings down in Chicago. You, uh, cousin Michael, did not have NFL Network, so you were stuck with ESPN and, and Greeny. We were talking most of the time, so it was okay. And and honestly, from what I watched, Greenberg didn't talk a whole lot. It was mostly Kuiper and Booger, um, and I don't even remember who the. I think it was Riddick. I mean, it was it was though it was those guys instead of Greenberg. So it it, it wasn't as bad as as I anticipated. I tell you what, how how was NFL Network? You said it was okay. I, I was very impressed. Um, you know, Rich Eisen, eh, he's okay. Yeah, he, he's he's a little pompous. Um, I think it, it just it just must go with that gig. Guys that that are the MCs the of the event, they're yeah. just all kind of a little arrogant. Um. They had Daniel Jeremiah on. He was the Kuiper. Okay. They had Charles Davis on, who, who's very good, does a lot of college stuff. The guy they had on that I was really, really impressed with on the on night one was Stanford coach David Shaw. Okay, That dude is sharp. Um, seems like a really good guy. And, I mean, if I, if I was a... If I was a high school kid watching that, listening to him talk, the way mm-hmm. he evaluated players and, and talked about some of the kids that he had recruited that didn't even go to Stanford, um, oh, I'd want to play for that guy. Yeah, I was very impressed with him. Okay. And then, you know, the next couple nights, you know, he went out, they brought in uh, Joel Klatt, yes. and then the next day they brought in Schrager. So, you know, they mixed and matched a little bit. But I, I really enjoyed the production much more than really? ESPN. And maybe it's because, you know, 
we're so conditioned to the ESPN. It's like, you know, when I flip, when something happens and, you know, say the Aaron Rodgers thing or something of that level, I don't necessarily turn to NFL Network. I'm just conditioned sure. to go to ESPN right. and I'm listening to, you know, Orlovsky and, and uh, so Spears and Booger McFarlane and these guys. It's like, eh, okay, they're, they're all right. Yeah. But it was just kind of nice to hear some other people. See, and that's what I would want out of the NFL Network. So, I mean, if, you know, if Michael and I do that next year and who knows what our streaming packages are going to be either with me or him, you know, next year, I think. Well, whatever it is, they'll change it. I think, it, well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and I just saw that the, that the Thursday night, not that we're going to miss the Thursday. The only time the Thursday night ever seems to be mandatory is opening week. And, or a Bear Packer game. Those right. are the only times I ever watch it. Right. It does. Uh, they're moving to Amazon Prime after this season. I it, saw that. They were going to yeah. give it two years. Now they're only going to give it one, which basically guarantees that I'm not watching Thursday Night Football. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. A lot not. of people won't. No. Especially because, a lot of older people, a lot of older I, fans. Right, because there's no reason to buy It's the same reason why people won't get, like, a la carte programs for the other channels. I'm not going to order the sports package just to get one channel. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay that extra $15 or whatever it is. Right. I'll just deal with it. But And especially how expensive Prime is. I'm not signing up for a brand-new cable service. For just so I can watch Thursday night football, mm-hmm. but maybe they, maybe people will. I don't know. We'll see. Um, nothing really stood out to me as far as our, as, as as the draft was concerned. Um, you know, it was just like any other year, I guess. Um, I, I don't know. Did did anything catch your eye? Well, we'll get to the Bears okay. stuff, obviously, but the 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 trade between the Cowboys and the Eagles. So it was Cowboys had the 10th, Giants had the 11th, Eagles had the 12th. The Cowboy trade with the Eagles where they flop 10 and 12, and the Eagles jump over the Giants to pick Devontae Smith. Yes. I thought that was really interesting. I, just because normally you don't see a trade in division like that. Correct. So the Cowboys, obviously, they weren't in the market to pick a wide receiver. The Giants and the Eagles both were, and obviously the Eagles were pretty hell-bent on getting Devontae Smith, you know, and the Cowboys being willing to go back and, and, and I guess in a sense, help the Eagles and screw the Giants. Right, which is weird that all but, three you know, finished right Yeah, Well, yeah, right well, well they were all 6-10. and ten. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just, it'll be interesting to see, you know, does is Devontae Smith... And I think Micah Parsons is who uh, the Cowboys picked at 12. And then the receiver that the Giants end up getting in the bear slot at 20 because they trade back because Devontae Smith is gone. Oh, that's what I'm, right. Philadelphia's you like, know. oh, fuck this. So, I mean, if, anybody if, want our pick? If that trade doesn't happen, do the Bears, they probably don't, don't get pick, 11. Correct. Maybe they're looking at 12 or 13, and now they're bidding against somebody else. Who knows? Right, and maybe. Because there's another team we'll get into with the Bears that were allegedly in love with Fields. Uh-huh. Um so that that was probably the one thing, but like you said, there wasn't just wasn't a ton of stuff going on from production value or just the smoothness of things. I mean, obviously it went way too late. It felt like it was the Academy Awards mm-hmm. running three and a half, four hours, or whatever it was. By the time they showed the next team on the clock from the what ten, twelve minutes that they got, it was already halfway gone. Yeah. Like, you could see the the pick is in in the background, yeah. and then they kept talking and showing highlights and doing interviews, and then they finally get to it, and they announce it, and then they say such and such teams on the clock, and half the time's already gone because they've been rolling. If the pick's in, let's announce, let's do it, but they need it's to made make it. It's made for TV. Correct. Yeah. 
They you gotta know? stretch it out. I mean, I get it. They they want to do interviews. They want to run highlight packages. They want to showcase their people. Um, but uh, it was just it took way longer than it should have taken. Yeah, that's that's all for me. Um, well, let's let's flip this. Let's okay. start with the Bears. Okay. Um, yeah, they traded up in the in both the first two rounds. Yeah. Uh, if if you listen to the podcast last week when we had Lauren Cox on to talk about the draft and the Bears, um, he pretty much hit on the quarterbacks pretty spot on. Um, and if you listen last week, you will have heard me say that I didn't really want the Bears to trade up for a quarterback. I didn't really believe that um, these guys deserved another kick at that. Um, I got to say, it's it's I've changed my tune a little bit. I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic, but um, considering just how the draft played out and what the Bears ended up giving up, I think it was a really good move. I mean, they they give up the 20th pick, next year's first, next year's fifth, and uh, a, a fourth rounder this year to move up to 11. So t- really, to me, you gave up a first. How are you, because of what happened with the Trubisky thing and, and acquiring Khalil Mack, not really having all these first-round picks for the last few years and then finally getting one and then already giving away the next year's? Well, because it seems like you just got it and then you're quick to give the next one away. I'm not really interested in fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round stuff. So if you have to attach that, fine. Um, You know, if 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 the Bears evaluators looked at next year's potential quarterback class and thought to themselves, there's nobody in that class we like better than Fields, then I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, if all of a sudden, you know, if they, if they go three and 13 and have the third pick next year and, and there's another three stud quarterbacks sitting there and now they don't get that pick, well, that's different, but they didn't have to give up anything like they had to give up for Trubisky. Um, and you know, you, you moved up nine slots, not one. Um, I'm okay with it. I I'm surprisingly okay with it. Uh, I, I've really liked what I've heard from all of the the people that I trust in the media to talk about the quarterback position and specifically with the Bears. I like what I've heard as, tr- in, as far as the fit goes. Um, I think you should be really lucky, considered lucky for the second round mm-hmm. when you got a guy that had a first-round grade well, I've at, seen at them, a position of need. Yeah, they pick offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins, mm-hmm. who in a lot of mocks, I saw them getting at 20. Right. So to be able to get him at like, I don't know, 35 or something, whatever they got him at, they traded up a couple spots. Um, that's huge. So, I mean, you got your you got your hopefully for the next 10-year quarterback, and then you got hopefully for your next 10-year one of your tackles. And then later on in the, I think in the fourth round, they pick up another tackle, Larry Borum. I think he's from Missouri or something like that, um, who a lot of – the the scouts that I was listening to around the draft day were saying he actually projects to be better in the pros than in college, just really? because of um, he's lost some weight, he's he's muscled up and fatted down. I guess a better way to say okay. it. But um, I don't know. I, I like what the Bears did in the draft. I mean, you know, they got some guys down the line. Uh, you know, I think they drafted a corner late, a wide receiver late. Like those are practice squad special teams guys. I don't really care. Maybe three, three years down the road, maybe one of them becomes a well, a, a decent player. You never know. The wide receiver could make the team at this you, point. You, you never know. <laughs> uh, but they addressed 
the quarterback position and the line, and now we got to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bears came out and said Dalton's QB one. Um, saw that last week. I'm actually okay with that. Mm-hmm. I I think that you know there's been a lot of talk. Nagy was in KC when they picked Mahomes. Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for the year. How much that benefited him, and Nagy might want to do that with Fields. Well, Andy Dalton's not Alex Smith. He's not as good, and I don't think he's as. I mean, Alex Smith is a pretty special dude, especially if you watch that thing. Like, he he he's a rare a rare guy, and he was a true pro about the whole Mahomes thing. But you know, I well, just don't want to see what happened with Trubisky. That'd be nice. Happen with Fields, mm-hmm. where you force him in there because you're too concerned about the record. I mean, I think if you're the Bears, if the Bears didn't fire Pace and Nagy at the end of last year and they allowed them to make this pick, they're not firing him at the end of Absolutely. this year. Absolutely. You can't just go one year, and if, if your guy doesn't play mm-hmm. and he's in the learning process of that, I don't know how you can really be held totally responsible for the product on the field if your number one guy is not there. Look, if he's ready to go Fine. and he wins the job, right. I got no problem with it. But if... But don't don't do what you did where you got Mike Glennon in, he plays four games, he's terrible, and then you're going, holy shit, we got to put this kid in, in Trubisky, and he's throwing seven passes in games. Right. Like, that was a disaster. Uh, don't do that to Fields. Um, and I don't think they will. I think they, I would hope they learn a little something from the last couple of years with Trubisky. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like I said, I like the draft. I like what they did. Um, allegedly, the Vikings were the team that was hot after See, Fields. I hadn't heard that. No, I heard that. Yeah, I think yesterday. Okay, that I think they were at fourteen. They wanted to. They were hoping that he was going to slide there. That's why they didn't trade up because they were looking at the teams ahead of them and you know wide receiver, wide receiver. You know he might get to us, but once the Bears, you know, trade they were up, willing yeah. to go up and get him. And you know if if you're willing to do it. Do it if you're convicted about it. Do it, but you know you got to deal with the repercussions if it sucks. That's why the that's why what Lauren said last week about the Niners. Like if mm-hmm. they, you know, if Trey they, Lance is your guy, take him. Right, and and they didn't trade up knowing that. Well, we're just going to be happy with one of those guys. Yeah, you know who you want when you make that move, mm-hmm. and you know if if they weren't sold on Fields, they wouldn't have made that move. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's if, if if that was their guy and they were determined to go get him, more power to him. Well, and Lauren knows much more about this than than we do, and and he's talking about scheme fit and all right. that kind of stuff. That's encouraging. Yes. I don't think Trubisky that and Nagy were ever fit. a fit. They, they were never a fit. It yeah. was a you know square peg round hole. I think that especially with Nagy now having input, right, on the kind of quarterback he wants. You know, I mean. If it's ever going to work, this is the best window. Chance yeah, you're right. Yep. With the the caliber of the player, the upside, the apparently stableness of the job of the coach and the GM. I mean, this is this is where it's got to work for the mm-hmm. Bears, or else I don't know. Just just <laughs> go, just start. Call Vince McMahon, see if you can join whatever <laughs> new football league he's going to start, and just get the hell out of the NFL right. altogether. That's about what it is. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's your final bear synopsis. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I really don't have any complaints. Shockingly, 
that's 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 a fur. But you were you were never big on you know you you were always we don't know right. I don't freak out about the draft right right. You just say we'll see how good these guys are, and we'll figure it out when when the time comes. Yeah. Um, as far as the Packers go, I mean, I was kind of surprised. I don't follow college football really deep around the country. You know the names that pop out of you at you from some of the other SEC, Big 12, ACC, and Pac-12 schools. If it's a big name, you've heard about them. I hadn't heard of any of these guys. Even the dude for from Ohio State for the center, but you don't generally hear about offensive yeah, linemen. Had you heard of Lindsley? No. No. So I was I was a little bit surprised when they took this Eric Stokes guy. I waited a little bit. I read a lot of stuff from the beat writers who try to spin it positively mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, the national guys killed it. But it doesn't mean I disagree with the beat writer's synopsis. Tall, one of the fastest guys in the draft, and... Also, he's been playing in the SEC against NFL-caliber receivers. Mm-hmm. That's got value, for sure. That does. So if, if there's anybody that's battle-tested, he's one of those guys, whether he's ranked high enough um, or not. But Well, I, I had heard, the, the gripe that I had heard from the national guys mm-hmm. was it, I, I can't remember the kid's name, but his teammate at Georgia, who's also was a corner, was there, and he actually is the better prospect oh, really? than Stokes. Okay. I can't remember what his name was, but okay. that that was really the Tyson gripe. Campbell. I, they need they need cornerback. Yeah. First first guy in round two. Yeah, that that's the guy that the national guys were like, that's probably who Green Bay should have picked. But again, what are we we're we're, we're picking nits here with right. some of this he stuff? He went five picks later. They're well, basically the he, same right. to to me. There was um and I I mean I looked at the board and as soon as the Packers were on the clock, I told Michael they had the wide receiver from Old Miss, Elijah Moore. They had the uh, Tevin Jenkins, the the tackle from Oklahoma State. The Bears wound, wound up getting, and they had that that wrecking ball linebacker, I believe, oh, from, from Notre Dame, from Notre Dame, yeah. who was still available. I would have been happy with any of those guys. I said those. You pick any of those three, fine. So they went off the board and took the Stokes guy and went uh, okay. Well, uh, immediately they say, well, he's an upgrade over Kevin King to start with. So. Okay, you put King as your third defensive back or your third corner. You got your two safeties. Now you got a little bit of depth in there. Okay, fine. King's not going to be there. Chandon Sullivan and Josh Jackson are both free agents. He and Alexander, if you pay Alexander, because he's going to need top 10 corner money. Oh, yeah. He's already proven himself yeah, that in, sure. the, in the first few years in the league, he's good. So if you can get Alexander re-signed and you can get this kid, if he turns out to be good, these are your corners for the next three, four years, however long Alexander's um, contract is. Josh Myers, the center from Ohio State, like I said, uh, the day after, or on or on Monday. I'm sure he's pretty good if he's a center for Ohio State. I mean, Kuiper didn't like the pick because there was a higher-rated center, I think it was from Oklahoma State or somewhere in the Big 12, higher ranked that was still on the board. Okay, it's like the cornerback right. thing. Okay, yeah. you pick okay. a nits again. Doesn't matter, but, you Positionally, know. Positionally... It was a spot they needed to fill. Correct. And it's cheap. Yes. Right. So. Uh, Amari Rogers from Clemson. 5'9". Um, 
Little, little midget dude. Right. Fast. Highly productive out of the slot, which is, has been a glaring weakness since Randall Cobb has been gone. They haven't gotten production out of that position. Great. You got a wide receiver. Um, they drafted a Badger, Cole Van Lannen. You know, that's awesome. Um, they got a, a big run-stuffing D-tackle. I think they got another a corner down the line. They got an inside linebacker, and I don't really know if I'm forgetting anybody, but it was a very... I'm not going to say a blah draft, but it was a very uninteresting draft. It was not a flashy the draft. Cool, the coolest part of the draft for me, other than the Bears trading up, was when the kid from Whitewater went to Denver at the end yes, of the third. Yes, Miners. Yeah. Yes, because him being a day two pick what was neat. And they showed, cool. And they showed him in his living room, and I thought for sure he was going to lift up his shirt and show his gut because they started <laughs> showing the highlights yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So so I, I can't you know, remember. Did, uh, his, our boy Deucer uh, Slavin uh-huh. is his agent. Really? Yeah. Miners? Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Yep. Local connection. I like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was not a flashy draft. They they addressed all the needs. It didn't sound like they they reached up to get anybody. It did, they didn't, you know, give away any picks. Um, it sounds like it was all areas of need and right around the spot that they were taking them. Um, but they, for whatever reason, that big board that I, that I looked at that Michael sent me, I think they had 18 draft experts give them a letter grade and then they assign that letter grade a you know grade point average they think we're ranked like 26th out of the 32 teams as far as GPA was concerned yeah. and i was like okay grading drafts the day after the draft is one of the stupidest things that sports casters and media people do 3 to 5 years for sure yep. at least 1 year right but um yeah i mean i heard a lot of national guys kind of ragging on the Packer draft. I heard a lot of national guys pumping up the Bear draft. Whatever. Whatever. If Justin Fields becomes a star, great draft. If he doesn't become a star, I don't give a shit about Tevin Jenkins. Well, and see, for the Packers, if you've got a guy who says you need to go in this draft to help Aaron Rodgers and give him weapons and they don't do it, you automatically get an F. They don't even care who you take. And I, you know, we had talked about how neither one of us believed they would take a, a wide receiver in the first round. But when Elijah Moore was sitting there, I was I, I thought, boy, that's a plug-and-play kind of guy sure. right now that's I'm a little surprised is still there. They said with Bateman or Moore, he would automatically jump up to your number two guy. That would have been tough to pass. I mean, like you said, corner was a position of need going forward, and you can you can probably find wide receivers easier than you can find a corner, but I don't know, man. That that was one I thought maybe they would take a flyer. See, and that's what, and somebody had pointed out on Twitter, and I had known this coming in because I looked far enough ahead, they don't have a single receiver under contract after the coming year that's on the team right now. Nobody! So, who are you going to re-sign in the salary cap monstrosity of a problem that's coming and so it's like, it looks like Amari Rogers is going to be your only guy that's going to be under contract because he's going to be in his second year next year. Right. I, I don't know. I thought, you're like you, I was like, that'd be really interesting because he could be your building block going forward if you can't afford Devontae. You don't resign Lazard. You know, Devontae and, may not want to right. resign depending M- on how the next couple of months go. MVS is, is up. EQ, all these guys. Like, I don't know whether you're going to get those, but we'll we'll see whether teams have salary cap problems, not just Green Bay, and you see the market 
nobody can pay that money, so their price goes down. Then they resign. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's that's kind of how some of that stuff has happened. All right, you want to uh, you you want to introduce this Roger stuff because my head's about to explode thinking about this. Where were you on Thursday when when this came across your phone? Were you were you home from work? Yep. Were you taking a nap? Yep. Were you? I was sitting on my couch getting ready, plans to leave to go down to Chicago, and then I went deep. <laughs> I mean, I I don't think I put my phone or my computer down because there was some new thought or new um, instant analysis, if you want to say it that way. Somebody had some opinion on something, and then there'd be an extra nugget. Well, I heard this. Well, a source says this. Well, then this person said that, and then what's going to happen with? And I, I, I was, I was on all of it. I was look. I, I couldn't, I couldn't turn away. It was the fourteen car pileup on the interstate with flames and people screaming and cars dented and you know crunched in half. I would be going by rubbernecking, going, "Holy <laughs> shit." Look at all this. That was what I was during this whole thing. It's it's. And meanwhile, I picture you in this chair, your recliner, just laying back and howling, reading some of this stuff. Yeah, it's funny. Um, as a Bear fan, it's funny. As a sports fan, I don't like any of it. But, I hate it. But I don't even. It, it's hard to even really know where to begin with this stuff. Um, Timing is. You know this Insane. this this report is leaked draft day afternoon. It's like three or four hours until the draft starts. Yeah, which is very interesting and obviously calculated. And I've heard, you know, Rogers is now it's coming out that he's unhappy that it was leaked and blah 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 blah. Well, then right. you need to talk to the folks that you have surrounding you because that's who leaked it. Um, I I don't think you know Adam Schefter was the first one to come out with this. Right. I don't know that it was really in ESPN's best interest for that to come out on draft day because they've put so much they put so much into the draft buildup and into the draft production wise and how much time they spend on it. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers that bomb being dropped. I don't know that that was really a good thing for them. Really? No, because you got the draft to talk about. Now you got to throw all this Rogers crap on top of it. Like I think more people tuned in because of it. Because, maybe because their ratings were excellent on Thursday night. Well, maybe excellent, but I don't think this was something that Schefter was sitting on and dropped at noon oh, on no, draft. I'm sure, he day. heard it and went, "I can't type this fast enough." For sure. Um, you know, there's there's so many rumors out there as to why Rogers wants out. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people and heard a lot of people, you know, when it comes to the personnel and the and then the draft, like we just said, they didn't take a wide receiver in the first round. They took a corner. I don't think this is a football issue because if you look at the if the Packers, really, they they've got a great line. They've got a top, I don't know, five or seven running back that you just re-signed. You've got a top five or six wide receiver. You've got the best left tackle in football. You've got a young tight end who scored double-digit touchdowns for you. Led, the, led his position. Your weakness on your team is your, your defense. defense. And if you're bitching about not getting offensive guys, well, they're drafting defensive guys because your defense is shitty. So they are trying to address the needs. So 
it doesn't really make sense. Totally that it's agree. a football issue. Yes. It's personal. Yeah. All and these it, guys that say they need help, you just ran off the list. What else do you want them to give you? Do you want a whole slate of pro bowlers at a position group? Because that's just not realistic. Well, it's not the NBA. Right. You, you, you can't have five all-stars out there like you can, like the Brooklyn Nets can. Right. It, it's just not how the league works. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a grudge holder. Aaron Rodgers is petty. I've told you, and we've talked about this for multiple years we've had this podcast. Just ask his parents. <laughs> this dude is... The thinnest-skinned football player probably ever. Um, And, you know, there's been a lot of people that have kind of gone after him a little bit this week. One of them was Terry Bradshaw, who came out and called called him weak. weak. um, Said it was weak, you know, and in the context of it, he said it was weak that he's worried about Jordan Love taking his job. Um, Which I get that from an old guy. But the way the leagues run now, like that's what they, this what the teams do. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have picked him first round if they didn't think right. that he was going to take over. Right. So sooner I'm, or later. So I'm a, I, I put this down. I'm going to run these down for you. And yep. I, give me give me kind of your your two cents on all these. Okay. These are just spitballing off the top of my head. Some of Rogers' grievances, quote unquote, that he may or may not have with the Packers over the years. Okay. So. Several years ago, he lobbied hard for them to go out and trade for Marshawn Lynch. Yes, they had a need at running back. He was out there. Yes. They wouldn't do it. Nope. He goes to Seattle. They go to two Super Bowls right. and kick the shit out of the Packers for about a five-year window. Mm-hmm. Um, he wins the Super Bowl in 2010, and then a couple of years later, his top two guys in Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson are unceremoniously shipped out of – well, not shipped out of town, but – just basically told, thanks for the service, best of luck in your future endeavors. They didn't try to re-sign Jennings. Um, he wanted too much money. Um, they didn't even offer Nelson below what he probably could have commanded to say, you want to stay here, we can't give you what you're going to demand in the open market, but we want you here. They didn't do that. They could have done that. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as – whether you disagree with Wildy on a lot of stuff or not, he has been ardent in support of the fact that Gudikins messed that up, that particular one. You could have done this, and you could have done it easily, but instead you didn't, and now you've got egg on your face. Okay. The next one. A couple of years ago, when McCarthy was still the coach, the Packers, without talking to Rodgers decided to fire Alex Van Pelt, the quarterback coach, who Rodgers was very tight with. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. You know, the... That the, pissed me off. The Rodgers-McCarthy headbutting, that went on for a couple years before they finally fired McCarthy. Right, and it, it, it got progressively worse mm-hmm. leading up to that. I mean, I can remember that last year. It was whether... And, and you didn't hear anything. You heard some passive-aggressive stuff. Nobody came right out and said that these two were butting heads. You know, I'm not agreeing with him. He's not agreeing with me. It's just very difficult. It was just kind of behind-the-scenes behind, behind the scenes stuff where you just kind of went, well, this doesn't seem very Well, that's right. kind of Rogers though. He's very LeBron-like. These dudes are very passive-aggressive. Right. You know, they use other people to do their dirty work for him when it comes to this stuff. 
Um, this this story that's now come out. Oh my god! About how Aaron Rodgers was just incensed when the Packers decided to cut Jake Kumaro. It was a day after he publicly came out and said, "I really like this guy. He's good. We can use him." He's a great dude to have in the locker room, blah, blah, blah. He's talked glowingly about him. Next day, gone. I mean, the timing could not have been worse. Right. Um, then you've got the, the Jordan Love pick and the fact that no. they have they have admitted now and admitted that they screwed up. They didn't talk to Rodgers before they made the pick. Never well, gave no. him any heads up nope. that this was going to happen. Um, the Another story that came out that... Rodgers wants Gutekunst fired mm. and that he basically doesn't like anybody in the front office for a variety of reasons. <laughs> okay. Um, and then I heard one today that the Packers really, really last year wanted Justin Jefferson, who ended up going to the Vikings, and but they, didn't pull they, the just, they just couldn't get, they just couldn't make it work. Well, it's kind of like with the Vikings wanting Justin Fields. You want him, go get him. Right. I don't want to hear that shit. So if you run down just this list, and I'm sure we I missed some. I'm sure. Lack of communication. Yeah. And basically telling Rodgers in not so many words, we don't really give a shit what you think. We've, this is how, and I think you and I probably talked about this as well. And I know I talked about, about it with some other people over the weekend. This is how the Packers really have always done business, no matter who's been in the front office, who's been the president, who's been the GM, whatever. This is how they do it. Ted Thompson did this as well. He's, I, I guess I was really surprised at the end of Thompson's tenure because really Rodgers owed his career to that guy for taking him when he was still on the board. And, Took a lot of shit for it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he absorbed a lot. He went through the Brett Favre-Rogers saga, but he was very, very heels dug in that this is our guy. We have a plan. He's going to be our dude. To see that relationship then, or whatever you want to call it, the professional courtesy deteriorate over the years where now Aaron all of a sudden, because he has come to prominence, thinks that he can have influence over what the GM is doing, you haven't been paying attention for the last couple of years. That's not the way Thompson does business, whether you think that you're entitled to that influence or not. It's just not there. And now Gudekinst, a um, a student of the same dude who probably runs things the same way he talks to the media a lot more, I'll tell you that, he's a little bit more available for comment. Mm -hmm. um, but by and large, he kind of runs the team the same way takes a chance on some more free agents, but generally wants to build through the draft. What did you expect as far as communication and influence? You're, you're off the Thompson tree. The apple doesn't fall very far. So you, I guess now that you've, you've got, like you said, the, the, the LeBron comparison is very, very apt because you've got this rise to stardom no matter if you're in the NFL's smallest market, you could be a big fish, small pond sort of thing. But he's the MVP. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won three MVPs. And you think that entitles you to some clout. Mm -hmm. And on other teams, it might. And I think the difference is there's an owner. Boom. 
We've talked about this many times. There's an owner. That, that, Team that, President Mark Murphy doesn't give a shit. Mark Murphy is a former football player who was an athletic director and somehow now runs the Packers. We're letting our GM do football things. Mm-hmm. That's who runs the football personnel side, the general manager. And if Gudikins doesn't want to hear what you got to say, but then don't come out this weekend and say, well, I'm always open to hearing what Aaron has to say. Well, well, that, but see, that's a, but see, that's an old trick. That's an old boss trick. That's an old my door's always open bullshit. Yeah, it's open. You can come in and voice your opinion. I don't give a shit what it is, but I heard it. Well, that doesn't that doesn't make me feel any better. You have to show me. Russell Wilson bitched. The Seahawks said, "Oh, okay," and they went out and they fixed. They tried to fix their problems. Uh, you know. Maybe Aaron doesn't believe they've tried to fix the problems. Um, I don't know, man. It's just it's it's going to turn into a game of chicken. Nothing's going to happen before June first. Do you think he's going to retire? No, not me, a chance. Me neither. Not a chance. And he, AJ Hawk, I heard him on Pat McAfee said zero percent chance he's retiring. He's not in any position of power right now. I mean, really, no. really, he's well, not. And and the the he can just go host Jeopardy. Like, let me just break it to all Packer fans. Aaron Rodgers is not getting the Jeopardy job. He's a fucking football player. Did he do a decent job on when he was on there? Sure, for a football player. Right. But these the Joe Bucks and these professional broadcasts who are on camera who, and radio and all that all yes. day every day of their career yes one of them is getting that job yes and and for the people that say well you know he's dating a hollywood starlet maybe she she's a c-list actress folks she ain't getting him shit she might get him a freaking cameo role in something that's all he's not hosting jeopardy so his leverage is really retire hold out or play i yep. retire or hold out or else he ends up playing I don't think he ever plays for the Packers again. I really don't. So he either holds out or they trade him? I think they're going to end up trading him. Um but they're not going to it's going to be like the Favre thing. They're not going to do him any favors. Everybody's talking, "Oh, you go to Denver and win a Super Bowl." Blah, 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 blah. Okay, well what's Denver giving the Packers? Right. Like in some a guy that I've been following on Twitter through this whole thing who's worked in the Packers front office and who has dealt with this before with the Rodgers Favre Thompson thing is Andrew Brandt. And he's a really smart follow because he has seen all this play out and he wrote an entire column, I can't remember for what periodical or magazine or website or whatever, but he broke it down into sections on what's happened, why it's happened and where are we going next and th- and that kind of thing. And you, his point on draft day was like people gotta gotta remember if you're screaming for somebody to trade him, it's got to be another team that wants to take him and give you fair market value. It, it's not just go ahead and trade him and get what you can. That's not the way that 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 works. Well, and that's why and and, and you you see it all the time in the NBA. And I think this is what we've seen this year with Watson, Wilson, and now Rodgers trying to flex their muscle out of town or to, or to get what they want in the city that they're in. These guys are watching the NBA. Um, you know, you can't just trade a football player. It's not that easy. Right. And you can't, you can't pull a James Harden and come in fat and not try the first eight games and force your way to where you want to go. You, right. you, can't, you can't do that in football. You'll get hurt. Somebody else will get hurt. 
Um, there's just too many guys. You, you, you just can't do it. So, I don't know. I, I think he's going to get traded. I think he's going to regret that. Because where are you going to go where you have an immediate well, opportunity but, but for success? But that's where we say it's not a football thing. This isn't a football issue. Well, that's this is fine. A, this, is, this is a, but the I'm all, pissed off. Okay. This could be a lifestyle. I want to move out west. But I'll never play for the Packers again. You've seen how miserable he can be on the football field. Mm-hmm. On a good team. Mm-hmm. What happens when he is on a bad team because they just want to acquire a superstar and say to the Packers, okay, we'll meet your demands. And I think he's going to wind up regretting the fact that he threw a little bit of a of, of a hissy fit because he could not control the timeline of what the organization wants to do uh, regarding his future. Well, and and I don't know when these players and these agents are going to figure this out, but coming out in the media and saying you want out, it doesn't make it easier for the team to trade you. It makes it harder. Right. Because now your value just went correct. down. Correct. Like, it makes no sense to me. And and maybe, you know, or, or whoever is in your office leaking that shit, you got to fire them because you're, you're, you're cutting your nose off to spite your face here. Well, I mean, the... The journalists and the cap guys can generally read the writing on the wall the way the contracts are restructured. I mean, without talking to Goody or, uh, you know, Murphy or anybody in that front office, you see when the guaranteed money runs out, you see when the cap hit goes down, you see that you've drafted a quarterback and he's going to sit the bench for X amount of years, you circle a date, that's when it's most opportune for us to get rid of this guy. That hasn't come from the front office. Nobody's leaked it or anything. People can figure this shit out. Oh, sure. Yeah. So it's like the consensus was after this coming season, they're done. They have no reason to keep going forward if they have this guy waiting in the wings. It makes the most sense now. And And Rodgers finally said, I'm not cool with that timeline. Rodgers doesn't want to be the one to get dumped. He wants to be the dumper. Correct. Yes. That's just what it is. He doesn't want the girl to break up with him. He wants to be the one on his terms to end the relationship. Um, I don't know. I'll I'll put it to you to this. In the next five years, what would you rather have? Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers, a Packer, from age 37 to, let's say, 42, and then he retires and goes off into the sunset, or would you rather them keep Gutekunst and Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers is not a Packer anymore? You can only have one. You can't have both. Can I ha- can I ask one condition? Sure. Is Rodgers going to be pissy and passive aggressive or if those two guys are gone, it's rainbows and gummy bears. He's going to be he's going to be Rodgers. I don't think Rodgers is ever going to not be who he is, but and let's just say his play declines eloquently. He doesn't fall off a cliff. Right. He's not Drew Brees or, or Peyton Manning where he can't throw 20 yards down the field, but he ages. You know, it's graceful, but you can tell by the time he's 41 that, yeah, it's about over. I guess I'm realistic enough in the fact that I am not expecting, whether it's Jordan Love, whether it's anybody else, I'm not expecting a third guy in the chain of the next starter for the Green Bay Packers to even come close to living up to what the last two have done as far as a body of work. I mean, I'm, the law of averages right. or everything, it ain't going to happen. I'm expecting a drop-off. Yeah. 
whether it's a three-win season, a six-win season, or an eight-win season. I I don't know. I'm not. It, it's not going to change my interest in the team. It's not going to change the way that I approach game days or how much I watch. It's not going to affect me. Will I be a little bit more irritated during the games and maybe during the season and probably say, man, our team sucks or I, you know, I really regret them doing this pick or whatever. I'm expecting that as a fan. I'm not expecting things like the way they've been for the last 20 years. That's unrealistic. We are living the sweet life as Packers fans are concerned as far as success of the organization. We could be somebody else with a top three pick every freaking year, Mm -hmm. but we're not. So if we have to go through some of that because we need a quarterback or we pick the wrong guy or GM's a dumbass, okay. I don't know that Gudekinst is any good at his job. What I do know is they have a good quarterback who's still playing good football. I'd like to see them ride that out as much as they can. I think they jumped the gun on that Jordan Love thing. And I really am disappointed they've gone down the road of Favre the second time with the guy that they drafted to replace him. Well, it's like you said, this is how they do business. I mean, I I was thinking about it the other day watching something, and, and I thought, you know, the Packers are my grandpa. They're all of our grandpas. They're old. They have a routine. They have a certain way that they think they is the right way to do things, and that's it. Yes, there ain't no changing them. Not until one person owns that team, and I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, do you think the next president of the team, or do you think that somebody they will put in there is going to ever be more progressive on the way things work as far as catering to superstars, or do you think? Do you think they'll learn from their mistakes, or do you think the organization as a whole will prevent them from doing it any other way than they've been doing? Well, I think going forward, regardless of how the Rodgers thing plays out, I think going forward, the Packers, along with the other 31 teams in football, are just going to have to realize that it's a new day, and they're going to have to start adapting. And unfortunately, I think you're going to see quarterbacks start to expect to be treated the way NBA superstars are treated where we have the power to demand certain things we also have the power of mobility you know um this you know these quarterbacks for better or worse are stuck on these teams for the most part as long as the team wants them they're kind of stuck there um where in the NBA it's a lot easier to get out of your contracts and like i said i think these football players are looking at this and they're going, why am I, you know, you know, if you're Russell Wilson in the last three or four years, the Seahawks haven't been very good, and you're watching, you know, Brady just show up and go to the title game, and Jimmy Garoppolo's going to the Super Bowl, and you're looking around going, are you shitting me? <laughs> I understand why that would piss a guy off. Right. Because you're Russell Wilson, and you're like, this dude's the third-best quarterback in my division, and he's going to the Super Bowl? That's bullshit. Uh, but like I said at the beginning, as a Bear fan, I think it's hilarious you, you saw it coming a mile away as soon as they drafted Jordan Love. As a sports fan, you hate it. Um, we've talked many times. I'm a team guy. Players come and go. Same. As great as they are, they come and go. And, you know, I would love as a Bear fan to see him get traded, and I also kind of hope as a sports fan the Packers dig in and say, fuck you. Go home. You don't want to play. 
Bye. And I just realized I said I'd rather stick or have Roger stick around than the front office, but that doesn't mean I'm a player's guy. It means that I can recognize when management has done a piss-poor job mm-hmm. of handling something. Yep. And this entire situation has been mishandled. It's one thing if a dude's being wrong. If, if Rodgers was you know, underpaid and they were running him out there and he was in hurt and he was playing behind shitty lines, that's different. That ain't happening. This is a personality conflict of some sort that I just don't think they're going to be able to sort out. I don't think anybody is excused from blame in this situation. I think there's blame all around, and I and I I don't remember who said it. I saw I saw somebody in Packers media someplace today say that anybody who is blaming Jordan Love for this whole thing. Well, you know, I, I feel for him the way I felt for Rodgers during the Favre thing. Right. It's like this kid didn't do any. He didn't ask to get drafted by the Packers. No. He's in, if anything, he probably sat there the night he got drafted and went, shit, I ain't playing for four years. Right. This dude's going to hate me. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So, you, you I, I mean, I felt sorry for him, you know, feel sorry for him. But but people who are coming down on one side of the fence got to be reminded there's a lot of fault on both sides here. Nobody, nobody's innocent to this whole thing. It's a giant mess. They're still, they're people. Right. And they all have feelings. And some of them have a little bit more, more feelings more than and others. thinner skin than others. And easier to get to. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. All right, there's just shy of an hour of football talk with the draft. No tears were shed. And no, we're fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. Um, start with the crew uh, before we get to the Bucks, And I, I was enthused with the Dodgers series. I mean, you take three out of four, and yeah, you get absolutely blasted in that last game. You give up a grand slam, and well, they ran, they ran out of starting pitchers. I know. <laughs> Each of the first two innings, although they could have um, pitched Hauser, yeah. But, but I mean, you're going for a sweep. Does that one mean more? Do you keep everybody rested for a seven game road trip? You know what I mean, right? Right. You know, you're not robbing Peter to pay Paul. Exactly. You know, you're playing the Phillies, the, and then you're playing the Marlins. You're playing the long game here. It's May, May. right. Fourth. Exactly. You don't need to sweep four from the Dodgers. Three out of four is pretty damn good. May the fourth be with you. And also with you. Yes. Um, but now that I, I was just on my way over here, and I saw that they're putting Yelich back on the injured list after they just brought him up and sent Hira and Tyrone Taylor down or up to Appleton to the alternate trading site. Is that where the alternate trading so. site is? Yeah. Um, which, by the way, snappers and uh, timber rattlers tonight to open up the season up in Fox City Stadium. Oh, nice. And now with the high-class A ball that uh, that the Midwest League now has become. But And you and I talked about it before we came in here and started recording. This Yelich thing might turn into be a long-term problem. I mean, mm-hmm. he just sat for how long? And he was back for a game. Mm-hmm. And now he's gone again. And back problems. I they mean, linger. Right. They linger. It There's can, no time. It's the kind of, it's it's like a hamstring. and You can't really get over those during the season. Right. Because you got to keep playing. Yeah. You got to keep exercising. You got to keep healing. I mean, really, if the Brewers, it's, you know, it's, it's really tough to do, but you'd probably, and it would piss off the fan base, you ought to just shut them down for a month. Right. Yeah. Just shut it down. No, because otherwise it's going to be it's going to be this. Right, you know, he plays two days, he's off two days, and people are going to be pissing and moaning because the lineup's constantly changing. Well, that's going to happen anyway. <laughs> but seventeen yeah. and twelve, tied for first in the Central. Were you disappointed they didn't take two out of three from Miami? Yeah, Six, yeah, yeah. I, I was well, too. 
I'm disappointed they're a 500 home team. They're eight right. and eight at home. Um, so yeah, I was disappointed that they lost uh, the series to the Marlins. Like you said, three and one against the Dodgers. Um, I was there Saturday night, okay. um, which was a great ending. I didn't. I had. I had it was oh, a five-hour game. I left in the. We left in the, like the middle of the eighth inning. Yeah. We had been there for three and a half hours. Jane and I when they when we yeah when it went to what the tenth or mm-hmm. whatever it was, and then they. I was like, okay, we'll forget this. So that was a great win. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they 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 dropped the first game to uh, the Phillies last night. Mm-hmm. I believe they were losing again tonight when we came in here. Um, they got uh, three more counting tonight against uh, the Phillies, and yep. then they go down to Miami for three this weekend. So. I mean, this team is really the walking wounded. I mean, they've got so many guys. Big time. You know, like you said, Yelich just came off. Kane came off the injured list yesterday. Their two catches are gone. Yep. Kane played yesterday, off today, scheduled day off. Not surprising. Um, You've got Pena, Burns, Narvaez, Yelich, all on the injured list. Mm -hmm. As you stated, uh, Hira and Taylor are down in AAA. They just brought Taylor back. Lindblom is on the injured list. Um they're a mess right now. So, you know, it's one of those things we were talking before we came in. You know, you're you're 17 and 12. You're tied for first in the division. You've got the second best record in the National League. Cardinals are coming though. But how long can you rely on Vogelbach, Can't. McKinney, Tyrone Taylor, um, Luke Maley, Nottingham? Like, I, how long can you rely on these guys to keep you afloat? Magic runs out. And, and and how much are you going to stress your pitching by trying to keep win these winning these two to one three to one games because you can't score right right um, it's an issue I mean the pitching has been fantastic it was awesome against the Dodgers Peralta was great Woodruff was great Saturday night um, but you know we've seen Brewer pitching staffs peter out at the end of seasons we've seen Brewer pitching staffs where top guys get hurt at the end of season. So you just hope that, you know, they need some of these. They need to win, you know, 8-3 to three once in a while. Right. We haven't seen much of that. Just absolutely spank them. You know, really the only times that they've been able to take it easy on their pitching staff is when they get blown out. When they got blown out by the Cubs. Right. And then they got blown out on Sunday by the Dodgers. It kind of allowed them to just throw in all Long, these other dudes yep, mm-hmm. and rest their main guys. So but it doesn't really matter with these guys anymore. No, you're absolutely right. I don't know. It's it's a slippery slope, man. And and you know the Yelich thing. You hate to over dramatize it, but it's like he's he's trending in that direction where you're like, man, this is why small market teams don't give these contracts. To these stars, he's your star, and I get that. And you want him healthy, and he's part. He should have been part of a of a really good outfield that had four starters in three spots. Um, and so you can kind of go with the hot bat and afford to give a guy a night off. I am more concerned, and and, and we brought it up out there before we came in here to tape. I, I'm just more at a loss with Kested Hira. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he has his strikeout numbers are ungodly. They want to keep him in the lineup because they're hoping his hitting comes around. So they purposely don't do anything at first base and say, well, we're going to go sign Colton Wong so we can move you to first, teach you that, and at least you'll stay in the lineup and try and figure your shit out. But we'll keep Vogel back just in case, you know, something doesn't work out. And now he's having to play all the time because Hira can't hit the broadside of a barn. Right. And it seems like this, and I don't know whether, like you brought it up, you know, they brought him up rather quickly. Mm-hmm. 
from from the minors. He didn't get. Well, his, I think he was only in the minors like a year and a half. Yeah, he didn't get the the requisite time, but he was smoking everybody right. when he mm-hmm. was down there. So okay, we'll see how he can handle major league pitching. He did really well for a while. Now well, he's kind of regressed. Well, the league the league is Fig- caught right. up a little bit. They they found the holes yep. in his swing. He I I've said it a couple times. He looked very Ricky Weeks like right. early in the season where he's taking balls down the middle and falling behind in counts and then he's swinging at garbage yeah, shit yes yep. um, no, you know right. and and I don't want to hear the well he's at a new position and it's effect- well then, then you know what then then don't sign fucking Colton Wong and right. move him I'm sorry it, or or you should have traded him right if he can't play second and because you put him at first now he can't hit because you moved him then well then you shouldn't have, then you shouldn't have moved him or you shouldn't have kept him right I don't want to hear that excuse. Nope, 100%, because you got an upgrade in Colt Wong. Yes. Period. Yeah. So if you don't want to upgrade your team just to keep this guy there in hopes that he can figure it out, I I, I, I don't know how you poo-poo that move. I will say this. That's got to be the tiniest middle infield in the history of baseball. I mean, Urias and, and Wong are both like 5'6". Then you throw Hero out at first. He's like 5'9". Like, Jesus, is this T-ball? One but, of the, I mean, thank God for Travis Shaw. I was just going to say, one of the bright spots that has that has happened, and I, I don't think people were expecting anything from him, and he has really been one of the only guys offensively to consistently show up. I mean, I mean, really. Yeah, I mean, he uh, his average isn't very good. I, I, when I was at the game, I was looking at the scoreboard, and I was like, God, he's only hitting 208. But he's got some huge hits. Mm-hmm. And he's played a good third base. He had a bad throw that night, but he's played oh, a good third base. Largely, he's been very solid um, over there. He's really saved our ass at that, at that position because I think that most of us were going in going, is it going to be some Shaw? Is it going to be right. some Robertson? Urias over there. was over there to start. We don't know what's going to happen. So, um, But again, you know, are, are we, are we going to count on Travis Shaw to hit 30 homers this year? I'm not. You can't. I'm hoping 20. Right. You know, I think that'd be a nice bounce back, mm-hmm. but they they got to get their big their big dog and Yelich back, and uh, you just hope this thing doesn't linger. How's the umpiring uh, gone? <laughs> head, hand in head in hand. Yes, that's. <laughs> so I I kind of got into it with somebody on Twitter a little bit, which really? I, I never really liked oh, that's to right. do. You did point that out to me. Um, so that was great. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was Wednesday. It was the day game, and there was a play um, that was botched by the first base umpire. Um, ground ball between the pitcher and first. The pitcher scooped it up, flipped it to first base. The guy was out by a mile. The pitcher never went into the baseline. Right, running lane, all that. Yes. He, his feet never touched the dirt. They were on the grass the whole time. The umpire called the base runner safe because of interference. Because of interference. Um, it was an awful call. Awful call. Um, Council went out and screamed about it. Pat Murphy went out and screamed about it and got tossed. And then they interviewed the umpire after the game, and he doubled down. He doubled that down. He made the right call. He doubled down on it. Um, so I, I put on I put something on Twitter about it's just you know it's just another instance of an umpire trying to get himself into the game. And then I, this guy that I don't even know who he is, he seemed to know me. Um, Wanted to push back on me, and I he could, did agree with you. I, I could tell in his first three sentences that he is an umpire or an official, or has been, or has been, um, and basically, 
he he said that I was being too hard on the ump and it's really a hard job and yada, 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 and it's not a good look. People make mistakes. They do make mistakes. But if you make the mistake, own the mistake. You know, remember a couple of years ago when Jim Joyce wrecked that kid's no-hitter yes. for the Tigers? Yep. What did he do? He went in there after the game and he said, I fucked up. Took it like a man. Nobody was mad at him. Nobody. Everybody went, shit happens, man. Shit happens. Sometimes a guy throws an interception. Sometimes a point guard dribbles it off of his foot. Shit happens. Worst time to do it, but it happens. Own it. Yep. This dude would not own it. No. Um, Everybody was laughing at him across baseball. It's just another instance of a black eye for baseball. It's another one of these dumb fucking things that can't be reviewed when it should absolutely, if an umpire is going to make a call like that, it should absolutely be a reviewable play. So, to make matters worse, a couple of days later in, a, in the Philly game, Andrew McCutcheon on first base is running from first to second. Okay, ground ball to the second, ground ball, yeah, ground ball to the second baseman, something like that. They go to tag McCutcheon so they can tag throw to first. He never changes his path, never steps on the infield grass. They don't tag him. He slides into the base. They call him out. He's out out of the baseline. He's out of the baseline. Well, wait a minute. What the hell is the baseline? The the baseline is a subjective thing that... I think you're out by what I see. I hit the ball to short. I run out to the pitcher's mound and trip over the pitcher. Is that my baseline? If it's subjective to the umpire where he says no, then that's what it is. So then in another game, the Nats-Phillies game, Juan Soto hits a grounder to first. The first baseman catches the ball in the baseline. Soto stops. The first baseman stops. Soto can't get to the bag, can he? Why is that not obstruction? Makes no sense. Too many, too many rules. Not, trying, not reviewable. Makes no to, sense. Trying to, trying to remember, and I, and I know it's different, but from from what I know or think I know, as soon as you stop in the base path and give up trying to advance, yeah, you're out. But again, there's a rule for this. There's a rule for no. this. There's a rule for this. Just no, no. This isn't that hard. Common sense, folks. Common sense. <laughs> and then to top it off, Saturday night. Colton Long steals oh, I second saw, uh, yeah, I, yeah. and is called out. Brewers challenge it, and they go to replay. We're in the stands. We can't see it. They show it on the big board. They show it from two or three different angles. Safe. Safe. Easy, easy call. Everybody knew it. Still what, out. What did, what did the umpires do? What did they decide to still do out. in New York? Yeah. He's still out. What the fuck do we have replay for? What what is going on? I don't know. I don't know. And if you're one of these guys that wants to tell me how hard it is to umpire or referee, miss me with that. I, I'm not, I'm not here to listen to that. If a plane crashes on an engine malfunction, and we knew before the plane took off that it had a bad engine, and the mechanic warned you, warned you, and tried to fix the engine and fucked it up. Don't tell me when the plane crashes, well, you know, it's really hard to work on those plane engines. We can't blame the mechanic for this. It's really hard to work on those engines. It is your job. Your job as an umpire and official is to be seen and not heard to get it right. And if you get it wrong, you have an opportunity to fix it if you can go to replay. Or if you can't fix it in real time, own it after the game. 
That's all we want. That's all any player that's ever played any sport at any level wants. Just own it. If you screw up, you screw up. We all screw up. My big thing, and and we have done, I think, a good job at not really talking about officials, but over the course of the years that we've done these games, there's always a game or two. We've been forced because that's the only thing we can talk about because it's the only prominent thing that's happening on the court. We had a baseball game, I want to say, like that, where the, the umps, the umpire strike zone was absolutely egregious that even though we could see, we're not close, but we can generally see things from, from behind the batter's box. That dude was giving balls and strikes that were into the other side of the batter's box on the opposite end of the plate. Mm-hmm. That's not the corner. You're way outside for that. He'd be given inside where the guy has to move out of the way and it's still a strike. You know, so I mean, there are instances of that. My big thing is, like you said, if you own it, accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, for some of these umpires, and and part of it is probably because they're unionized and they are they are protected. Way too much. Way too protected. You need some sort of an accountability scale or review or grading system or somewhere where you can see this guy messes up way too much. He shouldn't be umpiring. Angel Hernandez. Right. Well, but and, and the other Send thing, him down to AAA. Well, the other thing, too, is counsel says in the post game how big of a joke the call was and it was wrong and this and that. I guarantee you he got fined. Right. Did the umpire get fined? Right. No. Why is counsel getting fined? For criticizing. For, for telling, for explaining how the guy screwed up. Speaking truth, basically. It makes no yes. sense. I 100% agree. And, you know, and as far as the broadcasts go, and you and I have talked about this off air many times, neither one of us want to talk about the referees. No. We'd prefer not there's, to mention there's, it. There's way too much other interesting and important shit going on in these games. Right. Nobody wants to listen to announcers complain about referees. We know that. We have to tell the story of the game. And in these instances, and it's usually a lot of the same guy because they want to run the show, Joe West. Coach O and I have done two football games this season with one particular referee who likes to be seen throwing a flag. Yeah. It's an ego thing for these guys. He's he's the only guy. Just like we run into three, a trio of officials, there's usually one guy that calls 90% of the fouls mm-hmm. or, or the violations. This dude threw the flag, probably 75% of his four other oh, yeah. co-workers. Yeah, there's three referees on a basketball court, and we inevitably we do these games where one guy's the one blowing the whistle. Right. So you know who these guys are. Mm-hmm. So is there, like you said, is there a penalty system? Is there a fine system? Is there... Not an, when it, not when all you hear about is, it's so hard to get referees. All oh, these guys are get you their time. Are you assigned to go to clinics? Do you go to extended spring training so you can get better? You know what I mean? So if, like, if the players are charged with getting better and doing their job by going down or getting sent down or, you know, getting an extended look or whatever... Maybe you should consider that for officials. Maybe you should not be at the tippy top of the mountain mm-hmm. anymore if you can't perform that way. Right. I'm not saying that if, it'll if, work. If you're a sideline judge and you can't keep up with the receivers, then guess what? We need a younger, more athletic, faster sideline judge. Right. Sorry. 
If they can fucking push Aaron Rodgers out because he's quote-unquote too old, we sure as shit need to be able to get rid of some of these umps and officials because they're too old or not any good at their job. 100%. I, I just, that's, if we're trying to have the best product and quote-unquote get it right, then let's get it right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, man, we're an hour and 12. You want to you get to the Bucks quick? Yeah, 40 and 23, uh, still third in the East, or three and a half out of first, or two and a half behind Brooklyn in second. Um, last week, they beat Charlotte on the road by 10, beat the Bulls on the road by 10. Boy, what I what what has happened to the Bulls since the trading deadline is very, very surprising to me. I thought getting Vukovic and, and some of the moves they made, right. they were going to make a playoff run. They have gone in the opposite direction, mm-hmm. which is really surprising. Um, and then on... Uh, Sunday. Sunday afternoon, one of the better NBA games I've seen all year. Okay. Uh, they beat the Nets. Um, Giannis had 40, 49. Yep. Durant had 42. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just a great old-school Sunday afternoon duel between two stars. It kind of reminded me of a kid when I was a kid. Like, you know, they'd always have that Bulls-Knicks game on or, you know, Lakers-Rockets in the afternoon. So that that was fun to see and, and a nice win for the Bucks. Unfortunately, earlier in the week, they had their worst loss of the season. I texted you about that, but you basically said, well, that's what happens when you allowed, what, 23 threes yeah, or something like that? they gave up 23, 24 threes yeah. to Houston, who's awful. They gave up 143 points. That's outrageous. Giannis got hurt on the first play of the game. 46 seconds. That's um, all he lasted. You know, and it's one of those things, is at the end of the world, no. It just hurts when you beat Philly twice at home, and then you go and you lay that egg in Atlanta. And then the next game, you lay that egg in Houston, and it's like, man, you could be sitting in second place right now, knocking on the door for the one seed if you take care of business against a couple of these teams. So that that kind of sucks. Um, playing the Nets right now as we speak. They got the Wizards tomorrow at home. Houston again Friday at home, and then next Monday on the road with the Spurs. Only eight games left wow. in the regular I season. Think we're so wrapping it up that quick. Two weeks from. The previous Sunday we just had right. is the end of the regular season. 22nd, yes. And then mm-hmm. uh, you'll get a couple of days with the play-in games, and then that following weekend. Oh, I forgot about the play-in games. Yeah. Okay, so that, okay. Selfishly, that is the week of Craig Parker baseball. Mm. So I thought maybe at the radio station, I want to do those games, we would have to deal with Brewers and we would have to deal with Bucks playoffs, I, but I forgot about I, those play-ins. I don't think you'll have to deal with the Bucks till Saturday or okay. Sunday. All I right. think you're safe. All right. Um, you know, the disrespect nationally continues. Everybody poo-pooed the, the game on Sunday. Um, you what? know, people said, oh, you know, Giannis, yeah, he made all those shots, but is he going to do it when the, when it's in crunch time? Well, I don't know what you want him to do. Do you want him to not make them? Right. I mean, they didn't guard him. He made the shots. Tip your hat. How can you hold him? Well, look, hold, hold is, that against is, him. is Brooklyn, if the Bucks in Brooklyn play in a month in the second round of the playoffs, are they going to play him the same way they played him on Sunday? No. No. They didn't show all their cards, but the Bucks didn't show all their cards either. So I, I don't really want to hear that. A okay. um, little bit it. of little bit of sadder news. Well, not sad, but a little melancholy, I guess. I uh, I just found out before you came over that the Bucks have announced that Jim Paschke's retiring at the end of the year. Really, um, thirty five years, I think wow. this is this year with the Bucks. And for people that are a little younger than us that don't remember, um, when we were kids, he did the Brewers on TV, him and Mike Hegan. Um, he called the Juan Nieves no-hitter in 87. Um, he did Molitor's streak in 87. So Paschke's been a fixture, a Milwaukee sportscaster for basically our that's whole a, lives. That's a big loss. So um, wow. 
I'd be curious to see who they decide to get in there. I pray to God it's not Zora Stevenson, who they seem to have maybe been grooming. I ain't listening to that did, shit. Did she call a game she like called in the a last game couple earlier weeks? in the year? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but listen, she's does a nice job on the sidelines, but it's a little bit like when Craig Kashan calls a Brewer game. Yeah, the, he can do it, but that's not his forte. Like, right. just get LePay. You know, right. go go get Levering out of the radio right. booth. Yes. You know, Bucks, you're you got Giannis. You're vying for championships. Go get a name guy. Right. You you're you're big enough to do that. So, but really nice uh, two part interview on the Bucks app with Giannis and Paschke. Oh, all right. Um, kind of talking about him retiring and stuff. And those guys are are pretty tight. You know, I mean, Giannis was that. a kid right. when he showed up here, and Paschke was one of the. One of the grown-ups that really kind of took him under his wing. It's a pretty, it's a cool relationship between a player and a media guy that nice. doesn't necessarily exist that much anymore. Because yeah. you know, especially in basketball, because guys are always moving around. Right. Um, so if you get a chance to check that okay. out, it's kind of cool. Excellent. So um, I did see, and, and you were talking about the playing games. I see that the Lakers are fading a little bit. Now they're getting back into the play-in game realm, maybe. And now is when you start hearing from the King that this is a terrible idea because he might be stuck doing this and now all of a sudden doesn't like it. What's that Twitter handle? It's like old old takes. Old takes exposed. Old takes exposed, yeah. Well, LeBron's on that because Did he say it was a last year he loved it. Well, that was when he was the one seed. This year, now that he might have to deal with it, he don't like it. Luka Doncic and Mark Cuban did this two weeks ago with Dallas, whining about it because all of a sudden they might have to play in it. Um, See, Luka's getting teed up more and more. Yeah, too. he's one game or one tee away from Some getting suspension. suspended. Yeah, um, He needs to clean that up. That's not a good look for uh, a 21-year-old who they hope is the face of the league. Right. He's also, along with LeBron and Chris Paul and a couple other guys, tied for first in the biggest whiner of the league. It's Okay. As great as this kid is to watch, that is really off-putting. Okay. It just is. Um, right. Go back to LeBron. I'm sorry. He's laying the groundwork, though. He's laying the groundwork. To get this canceled? No, no, no. To enhance the legacy of the king. Oh, God. Win this, the playing game, this, go from the bottom this, all the way to the top? This, this GOAT debate has really oh, fucked his head up. Oh, my God. God. Well, because the other day he came out before he came back off the ankle injury, or actually I think it was after his first game, and he said that he will now never be 100% again in his career, which, well, like, are you comparing it to when you were 25 right. or six weeks ago? Like, what are we talking about here? So he's already preparing you for when they, if and when they make their run, he did it at less than 100%. Built-in excuses. And now, if they have to play in this, geez, this just ever-taxing play-in situation, now he's going to have to have also have gone through that and not be 100%, and Anthony Davis not being 100%, and not having home court. It just goes on and on with this guy. It's always, it's always narrative, 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 drive the story, create my own story. That's I mean, exhausting. Isn't it? it? It's just like you, you, as a sports fan, and I know you're not a big NBA guy. No, but I, but it's I, just I mean, like, attention. it's like, who the fuck wants the Lakers to win anything? Who, why, who's rooting for LeBron that's not a Laker fan or just a LeBron worshiper? Like, what casual fan is rooting for that dude? 
Why? Has he become, just to throw it in, in, in equivalency, has he become Brady and Belichick and the Patriots? We've yeah, seen yeah, this but, before. But, but We're the di- tired. The difference with the Patriots was the Patriots weren't shoving the Patriots down your throat. Right. ESPN was. Oh, okay. LeBron is shoving LeBron down your throat. And then the media, the media companies are all—they're all eating it up because it's just content, content, content. Mm, I mean, dude, if you watch any of these daily talking shows, it's NFL, LeBron, NFL, LeBron. That's all they talk about. There's nothing else. Dude, turn Stephen A. Smith has the only time they ever would talk about baseball on that show is when the Dodgers or the Yankees are in the World Series. Don't ever talk about a baseball game, never. It's just where we are. It sucks. It sucks. But um, next week I'll get into some potential playoff matchups as we get a little bit closer. Um, We'll skip this last thing. I wanted you to listen to something before we didn't have time, but um, I'll tell you about it later. All right. No, uh, Bucks are wrapping things up. I'm cautiously optimistic. I still don't love their chances of coming out of the East, but, you know, Brooklyn can't get healthy. So... Maybe it's a Bucks Philly conference final, which would be a lot of fun. We'll okay. see. Um, I don't, uh, I don't have really anything else, and I, I got baseball next week, but uh, you know this is going to be probably pretty sporadic until the summertime. And I mean, really, we're going to get to the NBA playoffs. We're going to enter the dog days of summer. You know, we've said this before, and, and we're kind of like. Kind of like LeBron setting the table that if we're not here for a week, it's probably due to my schedule and having to do something. And that's fine. I mean, um, I, and I told you we weren't even sure we were going to do one this week. And right, you, you but had I've, some cancellations. I've, I've, had, I've had the baseball games get pushed back twice in two days, and now they've moved the venue for tomorrow. So I got to go figure out where the hell I'm going to do the game from. So I'm I. But like I texted you this morning, I'm like, hey, I can do a show if you want yeah. to. Well, and, I, and so. I got I got no problem if we get into the playoffs and stuff of, of doing just a little just short one myself and down. okay um, you know I I I wasn't gonna do that this week because I wanted to do the football oh. Roger stuff with and you I, here and, and I wanted to talk yeah, about that stuff for sure. I, I mean I honestly did so but um. you're probably not real into breaking down the Blazers Jazz series <laughs> so I may do that on my own plus I got some other basketball ideas for that I might get into this summer when there's just nothing to talk about. Sure. You know, right. we'll see how it goes. All right, that is a good about hour and 20-plus of the Intentional Foul. We thank you, if you made it this far, for listening, downloading, and if you haven't, please subscribe. And as always, we uh, humbly request that you tell your friends about us. That would be nice. So thank you for uh, sticking with us, and until whenever, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you next time. May the 4th be with you. <laughs>